Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 79th episode of the podcast with Coach Nolan Nyman. Coach Nyman is the head coach at Manatee High School in Florida. He has had a wealth of experience from his time playing at this Sal's University, as well as in playing a little professional baseball with the New Jersey Jackals, coaching at U- at University of Pennsylvania at Penn, went back to play for his father at the, uh, to sorry to coach and be the recruiting coordinator at DeSales. Then had experience at Florida Golf Coach University, been at University of Maryland, been at Millersville University, was the IMG postgrad coach. Took over for the Florida Surge as their baseball director. Coached in the coveted Valley League for the Staunton Braves, as well as been a scout for the Texas Rangers. He is currently the high school director for the Knights Nation baseball program, and as well as the GM of Square Up Academy. But he is the head coach at Manatee High School, taking over there over that for there, and in his words, rebranding the program and creating his own culture, and building it up his way and with his standards and his expectations. And we dive through a, little, we dive through a lot of that, and he, he really takes us through on what they're trying to do and how he's doing that. So uh, got to meet Coach Nyman uh, back in his days at Maryland and was touching base with him then, and that's when he got in with Coach Sheehan after that, too. So knowing Coach Sheehan and through Nyman, that's how uh, we've been able to have this relationship. And I can't thank him enough. We, he reached out, and we touched base. We connected back again, and, and here we are. Get the get a chance to talk some baseball, and that's exactly what this is about. And can't thank him for that. And so I know that you're going to enjoy it. It's a lot, of, a lot of great things people can take away through running a program. And just even putting your hat on, if, if you're an assistant coach or thinking about you might not even know what all the things a coach needs to do. And he, he kind of touches base on a lot of things and a, all these hats that coaches have to wear when you're trying to build a good, a good program. There's so many different hats you got to wear, and, and you also need support from so many other things to, to, to run that good program. So just really want to thank also to our sponsor, our netting pros, Will Miner. And our guys at Netting Professionals. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting Professionals specialize in design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Well, my the Netting Pro guys continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact Will Miner, contact the Zenning Pros guys at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. So again, thanks Coach Nyman. Appreciate the help. Love connecting with you again, man. It was an absolute pleasure. Keep killing it at Manatee. Best you nothing but the best of luck. All you guys get ready for your notes. Enjoy the notes if you know if you don't know that they are on Podbean. Uh, Will Miner does an awesome job. If you're not following Netting Pros and Netting Pros Chat on Twitter, does an awesome job promoting our stuff. He really helps us in the Netting Pros Chat family. So very thankful for all that. So thank you, Will. And 
all you guys enjoy this. Here he is, Coach Nolan Nyman. When I left IMG and you know scouted and then started doing that, it was different ball game. You know, I had the Florida surge for a few years, which we started off with a 12U team and took them all the way till, till they got to high school. And, you know, every one of those kids made the high school team, but you know, it was, it was such a different environment than I was ever used to. And, you know, my dad and I owned the, the iron Colts up in Pennsylvania and Allentown. And, you know, even with that, it was just completely, um, completely different than any Northern atmosphere of travel ball I've ever seen. Like it was games, 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 games. It was all this kind of stuff. And it was just crazy, you know? So it was kind of the educational piece of, all right, slow down a little bit, you know, um, go from there and just kind of re re educate and re, you know, build the system down here, so to speak. <clears throat> and it's been good, you know, and then we took over nights this past, past January and just kind of, we had five teams this summer, um, which was nice. We have three this fall. And then Florida is different too, where like fall ball is almost non-existent down here from the travel side. Um, you have it. Everybody has their teams, but it's not the same. Um, and I think a lot of that is is the rules are so much different down here with high school. Like we have a full high school program that's four days a week with three tournaments and they play, you know, 12 games and almost 20 total with the tournament. So, uh, okay. you know, so literally, I mean, I got off the field today and we're off tomorrow. We go Thursday and Friday again, you know, until, um, you know, basically until December 12th. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, there's no wonder that. Yeah. It's a little different, you know, that's very different. Yeah. But that's understandable why there's not travel ball down there in the fall. Yeah. And again, there is, I mean, there definitely is. It's just like our Knights team, our 22 team, which was loaded. Uh, we only had like four come back off of like the 16 because they're all playing with their high schools and their high schools don't let them play travel or, you know, they don't want them to play, you know, a, a continual travel type thing. Um, you can guest play and stuff like that or just go play in a tournament here or there, but it's just different, you know, and it's, it's, it's weird, <laughs> you know, and then down here too, when you're done there, you know, as soon as Jupiter's over, everybody shuts down, you're done. Like, it's just, it's crazy. And so at that level now, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I mean, shoot, there's tournaments every weekend of the year here in Bradenton because we're the hub for USSA. So mm -hmm. literally there's, I was umpiring kind of just, you know, for, just for the hell of it in between stuff and, you know, make good money. But literally I could have worked every weekend of the year, except for Christmas, New Year and Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's no wonder of it, but that, that yeah. I think even, I mean, you know how it is up here in the Northeast. Yeah. It is like, I, you know, people naturally shut down and like, you know, they have the arm kind yeah. of program, you know, right. the biggest thing in the Northeast, we, we have to get the kids started before that. Cause you have to yeah. find ways to get them throwing before we can actually get on the field in March. No That's doubt. the biggest thing. But like, I think a lot of the throwing programs, like the Jaeger stuff is really for like you guys that can throw all the time. All the time. Yeah. And like, no, you, look, right. you, you can't do all the time. No, you're right. It's, and it's just crazy. And, you know, like I said, I was, I was the devil when I took over surge because they were playing, you know, 12, 13 tournaments a season. And the season is, you know, fall, uh, basically August to December. And then you take December, January off, you play February to June and you take June and July off because it's too hot, you know, so little kids don't, we don't do anything in the summer, but you know, I was like the devil, they're playing 12 tournaments. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're playing like seven, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and it was just a crazy kind of transition, but uh, you know, they understood my argument was like, guys, like, you know, at seven tournaments, that's 21 games minimum. Minimum, if not, and we were really good. We were fifth in the state, like so. We were playing five a weekend, so you know it's thirty-five games. 
like a high school season is 25 in Florida. Yeah. You know, a college season is between 40 and 56. Why are we playing the same amount of games yep. as those guys are there at 22 and you guys are 11 and 12? That makes zero sense. Yep. You know, and it's just like, we got to play. We got to play. No, we got to practice. You know, we got to develop. And that's kind of how the whole academy came about. And, you know, um, the guy who owns the academy, his uh, he was his son was on my travel team and kind of started talking about this whole thing. And he kind of really, you know, it clicked and resonated with them. And, you know, here we are four years later. Well, <laughs> that's know? a score. That's a score up academy, right? Yeah. Yep. So what's all what's all that about? Um, basically, it's it's we have 23,000 square feet of indoor facility here in Florida, which. They're starting to pop up more and more, but it's more of the mom and pop, one or two cages. You know, we have eight cages, two mounds, a weight room. The Florida Catchers Lab is here, um, pro shop, the whole thing. So, I mean, it's it's like being up north in, uh, inside an academy. Yeah. It's nice, you know. But, again, it's the education piece. Well, why can we – why, why we got to come inside and develop when I can just go take my son to the cage on the corner street and, and hit? Well, because it's not doing them justice, like, you know, and so it's it's still a transition and but the Academy's doing well. I mean, we're in year four and every year's been better than the last. Um, we never got shut down for COVID. That was nice. We actually were an essential business uh, nice. because we offered camps. So it was uh, you know, a nice little loophole for us to get stay open and, you know, do do some work anyway, uh, with many players as we could. So Well, that's cool, man. That's super cool. So It's it's just funny, man. Like with the edu- you know, I think all the education <clears throat> that we have to still provide, and it's like, yeah, like the, even as much as like when to shut down, mm-hmm. you know, especially in your area, you know, guys want to just play all the time. And, yeah, and, um, and you gotta, you kind of, you, you gotta be aware of it because if you don't, you know, and you try to shut down too soon or start too late, you lose kids, you know, to other teams and whether they try to guest play and then it's like, you know, defeats the purpose anyway, or, you know, they just physically up and leave it to a different team because you're not offering somebody else's offer. Um, you know, so it's very cutthroat from that standpoint um, in a, in a good and bad way. I mean, I get it, but you know, bad, they don't get it's, it's jump ship. All right. Hey, it's, you know, the, the, the additive, okay, he's not offering what I want. So I'm going to go over there. He's not doing it. So he's there, you know, and then you get kids that are playing on five, six, seven travel teams by the time they reach high school. You know, and it's like, man, come on. When I first took over Surge, we had a 12U team. There was eight teams in our county. Our county's not that big. <laughs> Just our mm. county. You know, and they were all legitimate teams. It's not like it was top and bottom. I mean, it was everybody was pretty much even. Um so it's been it's, it was just unique, you know, and then obviously the state of Florida is just so big in general that, you know, you try to find things to get through. And and the players that are here is just it's absurd. But, um, you know, it's just, again, educating the parents and trying to get them on board like anything like run a high school program or a college program. It's, you know, how can you get guys to believe in what you're doing? You know, and if you do, Amen. you're successful. Amen. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, like, when you're with do you revolve things around like your high school program? Like, is that how you've kind of structured it where like you're shutting down kids? And uh, I guess it depends on like, cause the youth level, you could kind of roll at the same time, but they, are you still taking off in the summer? Uh, is that how you're kind of, is that the mold is like saying, when, when do I want my, my high school guys to shut down and kind of building? Yeah. Them up? So high school here is, is a little different than up there where, I have to shut down a month before spring practice starts. So basically let's call it, we we start our tryouts are January 24th. So, you know, so figure Christmas, right. Um, The week before that is um, 
finals week or whatever. So basically we're going to shut down the 12th or 13th, whatever that Sunday is uh, before then. That's our last tournament. And then so they'll have a month off of there and then we'll come back. And then once we lose your district game or state game or whatever your last game of the year is, um, you can't do anything until the championship game for the state's over, which is the end of May. So if you lose May 3rd, you can't do anything until May 25th or whatever it is. Call it June 1st. Um, so there's some built-in time there, obviously, uh, which is nice. Um, but then, you know, they're going home, man. Like they, you know, I asked them, what do you want? You know, what do you want from the program? And this fall, they wanted to do, you know, two days a week in the weight room and the cages. Um, they do yoga once a week. We do um, mental conditioning once a week and kind of in that program rotation. And then we're on the field two days a week and one day speed on the field, other days team, other days individual, you know, kind of built in. So they want it, you know, and it's, it's a credit to what these kids want to do. <clears throat> you know, they've never really had the program kind of in place to succeed before we got here. And um, I feel like that's been the biggest change in, in, in Manatee baseball was, you know, they have, they have something they're, they're fired up about and want to be at and they're, and they're shooting for it right now. So. And, and this is your, let's see, you've been there since what? This is my second year. Second year before COVID. <laughs> so you took forever before COVID, right? I took over last year, um, last November. So this past 2021 was the first season I was here. I got hired, I guess it was beginning of November, late or mid, middle, middle November, somewhere in there. So I had basically a month with them before we had to shut down. And then this whole past spring, you know, and then our summer and now we're in our fall program. What have you, man, like, cause you've been, you've been like based off of all your different stops and like, you know, you've, you've seen so many different ways of kind of building a culture, man. Like, what have you, like, what do you, what have you taken away to try and build this one? Yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah, the, the word we've been using is rebrand, right? So we, we're trying to rebrand everything from the logo to uniforms, to practice gear, to signage in the clubhouse. I mean, literally, you know, we took three truckloads of stuff to the dumpster. It looked like, looked like the Clampets going into town with their truck stacked, you know, 30 feet high. Um, and we just started over, you know, it was like, you know, it was, we're just going to start over. And it wasn't, uh, you know, a lack of anything from before. It just, it was time for a change. And you know, to these guys credit, they came in and they bought in everything from day one and, you know, just trying to preach that aggressive blue collar, competitive, hard nose, you know, accountable culture that um, it, it can be successful, you know, and, and at times I feel like, you know, if we don't push them and, and push on them, that they're not going to get it from anywhere else, um, whether that's in school or home or wherever, but you know, they do a good job. They really come and they work hard every day and they really try to push. Um, you know, we talk about family a lot and, you know, not, not taking the credit. And, you know, if you don't care who gets the credit, we're going to be successful. Um, cause it hasn't been a talent issue. You know, it really hasn't. Uh, it was more of a accountable accountability, a detail oriented approach, having a, just a plan, having a, you know, a, a band program, having a throwing program, having a hitting you know, philosophy and approach, having a defensive plan and just kind of putting that all together like successful programs do. And, um, you know, the more that they're into it, they they buy in. And, you know, like any place, especially in high school, you're going to get kicked back or dealing with, you know, teenage boys. But, you know, the you've got to stay on them. you got to keep pushing. And, and you've been there. And, you know, that's why you guys were successful is, you know, it's 
they're going to buy into a culture that's conducive for winning and competing. You know, whether you ever win a state championship or not, doesn't really matter. You know, yeah, that'd be nice. But are you going to get them to compete and push themselves in the right direction? So when they leave you, they're going to be successful in college or life or whatever it is. Um, you know, and do they know the game? I think that's the biggest thing is do they know the game of baseball and understand it? And can they take that and relate it to somebody else or a life situation, you know, as we go through it? So, you know, to kind of answer your question, it's kind of just staying on them and having that accountable accountable attitude and mindset and, you know, making sure that they're there for the right reasons. And, you know, again, they're teenage boys, so they're going to come in with emotional issues left and right, but okay. How can you combat that and, you know, compress it to not worry for two hours while we're on the field or whatever it is. And they've done a good job so far. I mean, um, you know, my staff and I are very pleased with how quick the the rebrand has happened. Um, You know, the wins weren't there last year yet, but, you know, with that said, we had three players suspended for 13 games, you know, and that's, they were three starters because of some actions that they had off the field. And, you know, Hey, that's proven the point. It's not about wins and losses. It's about, you're going to fix this and fix the program and, you know, be involved in the community and do good things on, on all aspects. If you can do that, we're going to be good. You know? Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to do, man. You're trying to hold people <laughs> accountable and, uh, on a lot of it and a lot of for even adults you know hard to hold people accountable hold your own kids accountable and everything man it's, it's serious man it's good it's a good stuff there i, I think i love uh i mean because i i think people need to hear more of that too like with the culture and um pete savage i got a chance to talk to him and he's phenomenal mm-hmm. and like that's that that's where it seems like that's where your kind of relationship is is like look we're showing you all of these great things that this program is about from the band work all the way to here's how you're going to catch a baseball. Uh, and I like that in terms of you have to, you're showing them that you're competent. You're showing them that you're, you know what you're talking about, you know? And, and I love that, you know, like you're being the old, you know, I think from a culture standpoint, like that's the relationship too, that you're building is one of yeah. a highly successful competent baseball player. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, it's, you know, and baseball is a, it's a tricky game. I mean, you always have to learn and you're never going to know everything. And, you know, it's, it's important to surround yourself with good coaches that you can trust and let them work and, you know, not micromanage them. And, you know, I feel like we've done that here and have a great staff and only getting better, um, you know, and they're learning every day from each other and kind of all all backgrounds and facets of life. And, and it's been really good to have us all together and do that. And, you know, I think, you know, and always keeping them learning, you know, always adapting to different things too. I mean, we're in a, a baseball society that's tricky right now. You know, there's a lot of stuff that is at people's fingertips that right or wrong doesn't matter, you know, can be good or detrimental to your program very quickly. And, uh, you know, trying to stay on top of those kind of things, you know, but laying that foundation, you know, getting them on board, um, you know, with everything and then, and the results will come. You know, and it's it's the you know Rome wasn't built in a day, but you you try to, um, you know. But as long as they're seeing the, you know, the rewards, whether it's you know they're getting bigger and stronger. You know, we do our our exit velo program off the bat that's very detailed, and we had guys with five, six, seven, thirteen miles an hour jumps this summer. You know, just because they they never done anything like that before. So, you know, doing things like that is is good for them because they're they're learning and they're getting excited about what they're doing. You know, and if they're excited, we're going to be successful, you know, and, 
rebranding the the community. You know, that was, you know, getting them involved, whether that's you know, doing concession stands for Little League games or, you know, umpiring for Little League games or, you know, we do a ton of fundraising in the community, you know, small events, big events, that kind of stuff, football games, you know, but just being present and being out there for people to see. And in return, guess what? You know, we sold out three times this year, you know, and it's a, it's an electric atmosphere when those guys are there. You know, again, win or lose, people are coming back out, which is awesome. That is cool, man. I just love being a sellout at a high school game. God, it's super <laughs> cool, man. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm pretty jealous. <laughs> well, we've had, cool. you know, it, was, it was weird last year with COVID because we had, you know, ticket spigot or whatever it's called. And, you know, you have to set your, your sellout number. And we actually had to open it up three times one game and keep going because people were just all over the place. And we have a nice little community park stadium looking thing. And, you know, it's, if you're not inside, you're, you can't see. So it's, uh, it was pretty cool to see that. And our ID was pretty pumped. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Man, that's cool. So like, um, oh man, so <clears throat> what, like let's let's give us some like lessons i'm just thinking of like because with you and all the stops and you've just had so much you've had so much experience you know like when you like you've talked about like your band program and you talked Mm -hmm. about your you know going into the community like are there are there parts of your experience that you say like wow like i'm gonna do that you know when i'm this guy or like we need to do a little bit of this like what like where have you found like when you're during your stops that you're like oh man like yeah what have you learned the most, I guess you could say? Yeah, you know, it's um, I think every stop is unique, you know, and, and I'll tell you that from day one is, you know, at the five schools I was at, be, you know, before here and the different levels, everything is different. Um, there's some things that are obviously the same in, in relevance, but every school is different. Every program is different. Every level is different. And, you know, the more that you can absorb and take in from each good or bad is, is a good thing. Um you know, uh, my first job was at Penn right out of right out of college and played a you know a couple of weeks of professional ball and got hurt and got released and no big deal, whatever, and started coaching right away. I knew that was my future, my, my passion. And, uh, you know, I think that taught me how to be very, very detail oriented. Uh, John Cole was the head coach there who was, you know, a former assistant at William & Mary in North Carolina and, um, you know, did a great job with very, very detail oriented things all the way around, um, you know, which is a lot of, you know, kind of has how, how I am today because of that, you know, I leave there and go, you know, actually work for my dad at the sales university and was there for two years with him as his top assistant and, you know, recruiting coordinator and kind of, he was great because he let me work. He let me kind of run things and kind of stayed back and watched. And, you know, when I did something dumb, he'd tell me, and when I did something good, he would tell me. Um, and he's been very successful with that kind of that pattern with his assistants. And, you know, you check his track record and obviously the wins are what they are, but, um, you know, every one of his assistants move on to bigger jobs, you know, and I was, I was the same way, but, you know, being there really taught me how to kind of run a team and, and get a team to follow me and, you know, hey, okay, let's let's get on board, and that's that's kind of where I learned being at the sales. Um, you know, and then I leave there, I go to Florida Gulf Coast, awesome experience. Um, you know, was number two assistant there with uh, with Coach Tillett and Rusty McKee, and you know, was lucky enough to have two big leaders on our team, uh, in Chris Sale and Jacob Barnes, and you know, great kids and understanding what the different level of work ethic was. You know, and 
me, a small town kid from Center Valley, Pennsylvania, and you know, coach at Penn for a year, then back there at the sales. And now I'm in Fort Myers, Florida with, you know, the, one of the top mid-major programs in the country, just went division one, you know, with those players and understanding a different level of competition in, in the country. Um, you know, and I think I learned some of my, my toughness coaching from there is how to demand and, you know, demand perfection and demand results. Um, you know, I learned that from Rusty and Toe a lot. And those, uh, you know, that's why they're successful. You know, and that's why they're one of the best and bigger program in the country is they, they get tough kids that run through walls. They demand a lot and the response is very well, you know, and then uh, I was only there a year. Fortunately, uh, uh, Eric Backish got the job at Maryland and, and, called me and, you know, ended up going back home and, you know, wasn't going to leave FGCU and Toe's like, Nolan, if you don't, I'm going to fire you. <laughs> and uh, he's like, you know, you need to go, you know, be with Eric and be in the ACC closer to home, the whole, whole kit and caboodle. And, you know, I think that's where my coaching kind of resume really started from my beliefs and what I did. Um, you know, Eric, Eric's awesome. He is a a huge motivator, a very organized person, um, you know, very detail oriented again. And again, I had that before, but just seeing it in a, in a different level and different style type of program, uh, was important. You know, it was important for my development, learned a lot from him. Sean Kenny was there as well. Who's now at Georgia. Yeah. And obviously Eric's now head coach in Michigan, but you know, those, those two, I learned, I learned a lot from, um, and it was taking that game to the next level, adding more of the mental side to things, adding more of the physical side to things. Uh, and, you know, again, very detail oriented and Eric was great because he let me work. You know, I had the best job in the country. I tell everybody that, you know, I was the volunteer there, but you know, I got to run camps, run practice, you know, coach their base and really be, ingrained and in-depth in everything that the program happened, um, you know, from behind the scenes and on the field. Um, I was there for two years and, you know, we helped build that program back up and that that rebrand, as as I called it, with our program here. And, uh, you know, obviously we all ended up leaving and going different spots, but uh, my next stop was at Millersville, you know, and John Sheehan, unbelievable. Um, one of my friends for a long time used to work camps, you know, the same age. Um, you know, he, you know, when I called him and he had a job post and I called him just goof, goofing around being like, Hey, this is uh, Nolan trying you know, trying to call for your, uh, your assistant job. And he started laughing at me and then we started talking and he's like, no, let's, let's do this. So, you know, great opportunity for me and, you know, go to a top division two program in the country that was just off the world series uh, birth. Um, you know, we had top two, top five recruiting classes when I was there. Um, endless, you know, pro guys that were there, big leaguer and Tim Meza and Chaz McCormick, you know, but really John was, he was unique because it was more of a quiet confidence, again, very organized, very detailed leadership, you know, style. But at the same time, it was, he taught me very, you know, about the relationships a lot more, you know, because when you're at those, those division one schools, it's about winning, you know, and it's about, winning and go and get them and be the best you can be. But when you're at a place like Millersville or DeSales, you know, it's, you got to build a relationship. You have to build a program from within first and you can't just go get, you know, a, a player here or there that's going to be a, a top guy in the country. Um, you got to really go in and build a relationship, you know, from in, inside and, you know, still talk to pretty much all those players that were there in those couple of years that I was with, you know, on a, on a, not, you know, a, con a constant basis, you know, throughout the year. And that's really cool. <clears throat> um, you know, to, to be able to learn and, and, and have them know that you care. And when they know you care, then they're going to care. And that's again, that, that full building. And you can obviously see what John has done there in, 
you know, the last whatever it was, 12 years, 15 years, whatever it's been, but <clears throat> done a great job. And, you know, obviously just talked to him the other day, actually, and, uh, you know, talking about some things and he's, he's on the way, you know, and he's on the way and hopefully he's got a chance to be at someplace bigger and better. But, you know, like I tell everybody, it's, it's not always, not always greener. And he's got a great situation that, you know, as alma mater winning top program in the country, just like my dad, and you know, it's a, uh, it's a place he can be at for the rest of his life and, and be happy. You know, and that's I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, learning how to be happy in this game, no matter what level you're at, you know, in the lifestyle and things we talked about earlier with family. And, you know, that was uh, a lot of the reasons that, you know, moves have happened for a lot of people. Um, you know, but learning those things from those spots, you know, yeah, baseball wise, again, you know, hitting stuff was from Rusty, you know, band program we did it at, uh, at Maryland in depth, um, you know, the pitching development stuff at Maryland, the defensive stuff at Maryland, you know, that kind of stuff is where, you know, I learned the baseball side of things at a different level than I was used to, you know, uh, and then I fortunate to go to IMG and run their post-grad program for a few years and, you know, had a chance to run my program and use the things I was taught and use those, um, those philosophies in a, in a different setting. And, you know, there, it was like a one-year JUCO, you know, I had 35 guys a year and had to recruit them and place them. So it was a a full, full circle program in one year, which is unique. You know, at least JUCO, you get two, everybody else, you get four, like I got them for nine months, 10 months, (laughs) you know, so trying to get them to build in was huge. So I think that's where my, you know, my psychology part of how I run our program and how I do things came from because you had to be on top of it from day one and get them to buy in. Because if you didn't, it's a disaster, you know, disaster year. Um, you know, they're going from high school programs that have 15 kids and they're playing every day to you got 35 kids for one years or for one year. And you know, you're only playing nine, you know, cause you're playing every Juco, every division two, NAIA division three JV program that comes into Florida. Um, you're playing other post-grad schools. So it's, you got a lot to do quickly, you know, and get them to understand that if they're not playing, you know, that's okay. Um, they're not going to all go to LSU. You know, we, we might go to, I don't know, Sewanee, you know, uh, in, in Tennessee or someplace like that, that, you know, they've maybe never heard of, but opening doors for them to move them along and understand that they're there and they got a great education and they played baseball for four years, you know, that that's huge. So, you know, certainly taking all those, those stops and put them together for sure. And, you know, I've been very fortunate, um, you know, wouldn't change any of them for anything. Um, you know, if things happen for a reason, especially jobs that you get and you go to and, you know, I think it's been, uh, it's made me who I am today for sure. You know, I've definitely mellowed, <laughs> um, just like you and everybody else, young coach, you're fiery and you want, <laughs> you want wins right away. And, you know, now it's okay. Hey, let's, let's take a step back. Let's develop. Let's, you know, why is these things happening? Why are these things going on? How can we change them? You know, and those are, those are huge assets to any program, I think. Mm, yeah, man, that was great. I appreciate that, Coach. That was great just to hear that. I think just, you know, being able to take all those different things and, like you said, learn from it is just so valuable. It's super valuable. And just, like, you know, being able to be successful in those places or even even another layer of Mm -hmm. it, you know, where, like you said, IMG, like, you got to have a feel of, like, all right, here's what this is real quick, and we got to, you know, coach these guys up real quick. They got to get on board and – that we have the connections enough to put mm-hmm. them where they need to be, you know, like, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big challenge there for sure. IMG. That's a big challenge. 
Yeah. And it was fun. I mean, it, it's a belief system, right? Like in any place, where, no matter where you are, if you can get them to believe in you, they're going to play hard. They're going to run through a wall. And whether you're the best player in the world or not, you know, if they can believe they're going to, they're going to try to be the best player. They're going to try to do things the right way. And they're, you know, the results are going to be there because of that. You know, it's, it's, that's one thing that was really cool there was, you know, yeah, you had some great guys. I had, you know, Jake Nix and Brady Aiken were there, you know, two first and third round pick, um, you know, but they worked just as hard as the kid that, you know, went to whatever Juco that nobody's ever heard of, you know, and that's okay. And we were fortunate. We were very lucky. We placed, we had a hundred percent placement rate in the three years and, and three draft picks, you know, and everywhere in between. So it was, it was really cool to be able to get them to believe and buy in. And that starts from day one. You know, the first meeting of the day and of the of the year, you know, you crush that week and that first weekend, it's team building week, you know, and uh, <clears throat> it's 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 intense. <laughs> you know, yeah. it has to be. It has to be because if you wait till January and try to get them to, to buy in or come together as a team, you're it's too late. You know, you play 20 games in the fall, 25 in the fall, you play 50 in the spring. Like if you wait till January, you're it's too late. You know, it's gonna be tough and you gotta go from day one. So it's, uh, it was fun, though. It was definitely a challenge, but it was fun. I bet. Um, I'm just thinking, like, what, um, looking at all those things, what's, uh, like, one of the best, like, you have the team-building week. What's the <clears> best <throat> things that you'd like to do in order to kind of build those teams? Yeah, I mean, IMG was a little different because you had to do it so quick. So a um, good friend of mine, Jeremy Tannehill, came in. He was actually a Blackhawk helicopter pilot. Uh, does a lot of team motivating stuff now. It's called Be the Best. Um, he would come in and, and do that weekend with us, uh, and he was awesome. I mean, he would he would crush them. <laughs> it was fun to watch, but you know, by the end of it, it was about giving yourself up for the next the guy next to you. Um, you know, just like if you were in in the military somewhere, and you know, I don't want to call it a militaristic approach, but it's, there's a lot of those. Um, well, there's assets that, you know, we talk about a lot, you know, who do you want in your foxhole? You know, what are you going to do for the guy next to you? Are you going to trust him to save you? You know, and if, if those, those assets come forward and those traits come forward out of kids, then they're going to be successful. You know, whether that's in class with, you know, a test, whether that's in the community, whether that's going to college, whether that's on the field, you know, you're going to start seeing some of those leadership things come out. Now, as you know, it's, you know, it's hard to build leaders in this in this culture right now. And, you know, when you do get a, a natural one, it's it's few and far between. But there's certain types of leaders that you can develop and, and you can make whether they know it or not. You know, and it's just having that kid who was real quiet all of a sudden cheer for his teammates. That's being a leader, you know, and, and you know, doing things the right way. Or, you know, we talk about the inverted triangle a lot where, you know, you lead by example and you lead from the top and, you know, that service leadership, so to speak. And, you know, if I serve them, they're going to serve guys under them. You know, I have to, I've got to be the one raking the field after, after games, not, not the freshmen, you know, and we don't actually do it the other way around. I mean, it's all our seniors have responsibilities. So I do our coaching staff does our seniors do our underclassmen don't. You know, I want them to be able to learn and see, hey, it's not it's not a initiation. Be a freshman. You'll get the water. No, seniors will get the water, you know, um, and the more that they can learn because it's, it's a crucial year for them, especially in high school. You know, I want them to walk into Eric's program or my, my dad's or my brother's or John's or wherever and say, OK, I got it. I know how to do it. You know, I'm ready for it. And there's no surprises. Um, you know, that that's huge, you know, to be able to do that for them. And, you know, I think in the high school setting now, 
you know, it's a little different than IMG because again, it's it's so you have more time, but you know, same thing, have the inverted triangle and, and create opportunity. We have a leadership council here, uh, one guy from each class. And then we have a, a fifth guy who's just kind of our coach's pick, <clears throat> um, you know, and they're in charge of doing, you know, we do concession stands for the the USA tournaments here in town. They're in charge of getting guys to work them. They're in charge of community service, making sure people are there. Um, they're in charge of anytime we do, you know, we do a fundraiser or something like that where they get a reward for a different level. They get to pick what it is, you know, so just those type of things. We meet once a week and how we can do things better. If kids aren't on the same page, you know, how can we get them there? Um, if kids aren't showing up for some reason, all right, how can we get them there? Um, you know, those type of things that just kind of keep put some, you know, again, accountability back on their teammates to to be successful because, hey, as a senior, it's your last shot. You know, like this program is only going to be what you guys put into it. You know, I can I can put them in the give them the plan. You can give them the plan. You can give them the blueprint. But, you know, if they don't want to follow it, then we got to try to adapt and, and make sure that it's as close as possible. You know, so those guys do a good job. Mm, that's awesome. Um, leadership Council. Let's uh, let's get let's dive in a little bit more of that, if you don't mind. Because yeah. um, I have one. I have one as well. Just seeing how you structured it. You said just so I'm just so I'm clear. You said one guy from each class mm-hmm. and then the coaches would pick just another one or would they pick another one from each class. Just another one. Just okay, kind so of the a, one guy. So make sure that they, Hey, we know we have another guy. Yeah. Might it be two juniors? It could be two seniors. Right. Right. Yeah, so okay. We have two, we have two seniors this year, um, junior, sophomore, freshman, yeah. you know, and, and one, it's just to, um, you know, basically have an odd number. <laughs> so when we do mm-hmm. vote, <laughs> okay, we're not going to get a tie, but, uh, you know, it's, it's That's a good idea. again, possession, possession, those, those leadership, you know, abilities and traits that, okay, Hey, I can trust you, you know, and it's kids that are, are really good in the classroom. It's guys that show up every day. Um, it's guys that always want to help out and always volunteer. Uh, and I didn't do it at first. And I waited, you know, a couple months to see kind of who those guys were. And then actually let our players vote. Each class got to vote for their guy. Um, you know, and we had one get voted in that, we had to let go from that position and, and put somebody else in there, um, you know, because he didn't live up to the expectation, you know, and it's just, again, having that accountability of, okay, Hey, your, your teammates picked you, but you know, I'm, I'm still judge and jury and get the right to refuse you. If you do something that's going to embarrass the team, you know, we don't, I don't give out a full, you know, binder of rules. It's, you know, don't embarrass the team. And, you know, if you do, guess what, I'm the judge and jury and I can decide case by case what that is. You know, and uh, them knowing that lets them kind of make decisions, but hopefully that makes them think about decisions, you know, because, you know, as you give them a sheet of paper saying you can do X, you can do Y, you can't do Z, you know, then they're going to try to toe that line as much as they can. Well, this way they always got to think about it, you know, so if you got to think about the decisions, probably not a good one. <laughs> so, you know, they it's those type of kids that are that are on board that, you know, want this program to succeed. They want to see the change in the in the program, in the school, in the community, in the area, um, you know, so the, the more we can do those sorts of things, the better. Mm-hmm. I used to love to just uh, to love about it gives time to communicate, you know, like you're mm-hmm. giving time for kids to maybe bring something to the table. Like you said, how can we reach this kid? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Um, do you focus any on like the individual kids to like during the leadership? Like, do you, offer them time to like 
work on their own leadership or like maybe what 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 they're trying to do or is it mostly just tailored right now is it right now to just the team what the team's doing um a little bit of both i mean there there's some opportunities for them to kind of lead outside um you know, with our, with our hitting facility, with our strength, our speed coach who, you know, they're outside entities from our program. Um, you know, so I know guys take each other under the wing and they do extra speed on the weekends or they'll, you know, they'll go hit by themselves. And, you know, those guys are kind of spearheading that, um, you know, a couple of them are in student government and, and those type of FCA and those type of things on, on campus as well. So, you know, like you said, it's giving them a voice a little bit, um, you know, because again, it's, it's not, it's not a cookie cutter etched in stone type of thing. A program can't be that way. You know, it's got to be able to have, you know, some, some give and take in places. And, you know, there's some absolutes that I'm not going to give on, but there's a lot that, Hey, if you know something's not working, then we're going to have to adapt and adjust. And, you know, I think for me, that's been the biggest challenge in high school is, you know, in college, I'm recruiting my own players. I'm recruiting guys that are going to fit my system and, and run the way I want them to run here. It's okay. Well, here's the hand you're dealt. Okay. So how can we take these 40 guys in the program and, you know, put them on the same page and, you know, you might not have to, you know, you know, I'm a big West Coast kind of style offense. We run, bunt, steal, hit and run, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's like last year, we were the worst bunting team probably in the country, you know, and they've never did it before at, at, at our school. And those kids never did it. So it was a long, long road to get them to do it. I mean, we had we had a JV tournament, <clears throat> excuse me, this past weekend. And we got three bunts down successfully. That's more than the JV team had all last year. Mm. You know, so and just that's just the way it was, you know, so I couldn't, we couldn't do some of the things last year that I really wanted to. Now we will this year because they've learned it and they've gotten, you know, ingrained in their head and their ability to do it. But, you know, taking over a month before the season starts was, was tough. You know, we didn't get a real chance to be able to do some of those things. So just kind of a good example, how you have to kind of adapt to, you know, your clientele, you know, and it's, it's definitely different in high school and you know that. So. Oh yeah. Very different, very different, different, um, but it just takes time, you know, consistency you know, to get there. And like you said, the expectations and people realize, um, you know, cultures, you just got to keep, keep pounding, keep pounding stone, man. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I think it's, it's the involvement, right. And it's not just with you and your coaches and, and your, your program, it's the community, you know, so getting into the little league system and, and doing coaches mm. clinics for them, you know, doing, you know, um, real small clinics for those guys before their seasons is huge. Like, you know, this, um, in September, every Friday, we do a half hour little mini coaches clinic for, you know, the little league coaches uh, that are right there in town and their field, their fields actually butt up to ours. So they're there for practice anyway. So they come over for a half hour and they watch our practice and we kind of talk through things like last, last Friday was practice planning. You know, this Friday's pitching next Friday's catching then defense. Um, and it's just real quick, but just giving them a couple couple nuggets that they can take back and you know help developing those kids whether they're 11 or 9 or 14 or whatever it may be you know trying to get those kids on board and getting them excited about manatee baseball um you know it's the flagship school in in our county um like it was in maryland when we were there you know and it's the oldest school in the county it was 18 1897 was the first year of it and they've had baseball pretty much every year since you know, the history is there. They were the 1937 national champions, mm. 36, 37 state champions, won two more in the 60s. And then, you know, I have won numerous districts and that sort of thing. But it, the last 
10 years or so hasn't, hasn't really been there. And, you know, not sure why I don't really know, wasn't really here. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, now getting that community excitement back in and that's through fundraising and again, little league system and just being out, being at football games, being at basketball games, you know, having our guys be present and, you know, you get, they go, they go to the soccer game and guess what? The soccer kids come to their game, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, being, being involved in their school and their community, whether it's them or us or anybody is, is a huge trait for good programs, you know, and the more buzz you have, more people come, you know, and more sponsorship you get and, you know, the better players will eventually come and, and be a part of it. Absolutely. Well, that, I mean, cause it's, it is high school. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's bigger than just the wins and losses for sure. Um, but you know, the, the community, the school is important. Um, cause a lot of the kids, you know, aren't going to play and they're going to play on. And so that experience is, is important. Right. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, look, it's, what is the goal, right? The goal is to move them on whatever that is, whether that's the military, whether that's, trade school, whether that's the working life, whether that's college, whether that's college baseball, whether that's pro ball, you know, they're going to have an option to do something. All right. So how can we prepare them for that option? You know, and it goes back to the relationship of knowing your kids. You know, I have a couple kids that they're really good players, you know, but they were traditionally the kid who would just show up, you know, the first day of tryouts, play till the last day of the season, and then they'd go on and do their stuff, um, you know, and opening their eyes to, hey, you know, this might be a future for you if you really want to do this. Uh, or, okay, hey, I know that you just want to be a fisherman or you want to be whatever it might be, you know, and accepting that a little bit too sometimes is hard from as a coach, but, you know, helping them succeed. Okay, well, how can I relate baseball to what you like to do, whether that's being a mechanic or, you know, a fisherman or whatever, uh, or, you know, a, an engineer or work for NASA or whatever it might be. How can we relate these experiences to what you may encounter in the next, you know, 4, 10, 40, 50, 60 years of your life? Um, you know, so that's the unique thing, too, is, OK, not, it's not everybody's goal to play professional baseball. It's not every goal to play college baseball. They just play because they want to have fun. OK, well, can you open their eyes to why it's fun and, and what they could really do? Or is it just, OK, hey, let me get the most out of you I can and then, you know, give you a hug and be happy for you and say, call me if you need me, you know, and anywhere in between. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. mm. Like it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I've been just thinking about like, just maybe getting diving into some specific things. You know, you're talking, you're talking about rebranding too, like rebranding and like you, you kind of talk West coast offense, you know, bringing mm -hmm. in that, um, <clears throat> Do you, uh, do you, did you find that, is that just something that you want to instill in the program or is that something that like the, the, the clientele that you were dealt needed mm -hmm. to play at? No. Um, you know, before I was there, it was very much a just sit back and pro style hit type of program, um, which nothing wrong with that. Um, this group can't do that. You know, they're not going to hit three, four or five home runs. We play in a big park. Um, we hit three last year as a team total, you know, and uh, they're going to have to do the little things the right way to win games and be detail oriented where they can, they can bunt guys over, they can hit and run, they can steal, they can just, you know, put balls where they have to. Um, it's kind of always been my philosophy because it's more fun in my mind. You know, it's, it's great to sit back and play for a, a big inning, but 
how about let's just go create the inning? Let's not wait for it. <laughs> and, you know, I think that was, you know, something that my dad always ran and, and John did too, you know, at Penn and, and Millersville we did and Eric did too. It's, I've always been in that system, so to speak. So as different as those programs are, you know, those philosophies were always there and, and pretty much instilled in me as a player and then a coach. Um, you know, the more pressure you can put on guys, let's do it. You know, the, I love facing those teams that the big guys just try to sit back and hit home runs. So all you got to do is change up and curveball them to death and you win the game. You know, whether it doesn't matter what you do, you're just you're going to keep them off balance and win a game. But, you know, if you get that team that's going to bunt and run and steal and hit and run, hit behind guys, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, here we go. You know, one guy turns to four and then it's a five run inning, you know, real quick. <laughs> um, so it's 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 just kind of a more interesting, more fun atmosphere. And I think the, I think the fans like it too, when there's action, you know, you try to create action. Let's, let's face it. You know, most high school fans that come to games, their family, girlfriends, friends, you know, or community guys that have been there forever. It, it, they don't necessarily know baseball to the extent that you'd like them to, but you know, they're, they're going to come out if it's an exciting atmosphere, um, you know, and try to create that entertainment factor in what we do. So, you know, the more people are running around and, and, things are going crazy that <laughs> the more fun they're going to have. So that's kind of why I've always liked it. Okay, cool. So it's a little bit of both, but like you said, bigger park, you know, <laughs> might needing to do those kind of things. Um, so as you are, how do you, inter- how do you introduce that? Like, like when you're trying to bring in, like you said, you're, you're talking about your offensive philosophy <laughs> and being able to do that. You know, mm-hmm. are you having classroom sessions and then are you bringing into it? Like, are you, do you start with bunting? Or do you start with, like, how we're going to run the bases? Um, are you just throwing in this in the situations? Yeah. Um, you know, at first it was it was really start with base running because um, that's where you can you can create the most havoc. Right. Um, you know, so it's a track meet mentality, so to speak. All right. You know, home the first in, in four seconds. You know, we want to be we want to be at second base in, in under 10. You know, we want to work on tight turns and aggressive turns, aggressive leads, you know, run a, um, you know, a Mike Roberts style base running philosophy where, you know, we're going to try to to. Explore, you know, ex- expose pitchers and other defenses, and how we can be successful and steal a lot of bases. Um, and we did this year. We did. We did a pretty good job learning the system. Um, you know, first year is always tough because you always get a lot of guys picked off, and it is what it is. But as they get through now, now they're starting to understand different leads, different distances, different jumps, different holds, different looks. And now all of a sudden they turn into, you know, a guy that's pretty dangerous in a lot of different ways, whether it be a straight steal or a jump steal or, you know, a, a hold steal or whatever it may be. It's they, now they got some weapons to use, you know, and the more weapons we can give these guys, the better we're going to be as a whole. Um, you know, so we start there a lot and then kind of coincides with bunning. Um you know, those philosophies are pretty, pretty straightforward. You know, it's, I don't like to bunt the second base. I never do um, unless we have to, if it's late, but, you know, lead off double, bunt on the third, a lot more ways to score from third than second, you know, first and second, nobody out, bunt them over, you know, give up that one, that one out, especially in high school. I mean, how many times you do that and the next pitch is a pass ball, you know, or they spike a breaking ball or they don't give you a breaking ball. Right. I mean, it was college baseball a couple of years ago. It was like 97% that if you steal third base, the next pitch is going to be a fastball away. Mm. Like 97% of the time. So, okay. Knowing that I'm going to get the third base, next pitch is going to be a fastball. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to go after it. 
you know, because they're, they're scared to, 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 you know, snap a breaking ball in the dirt or throw something wild. So, you know, trying to know those type of nuances to help us be successful, you know, I think is good. And, you know, they've, they've done a good job buying in again at first. They, they, they struggled, you know, we bunt all the time and, you know, we'll have bunt rounds, we'll have bunt rounds or bunts every round. We'll have bunt machine behind the cage set up. Uh, we'll have bunts in the cages as part of their station work as well. So they're going to get three different types of, you know, bunt touches per day. And they struggled, you know, and a lot of it was just form and not understanding, but a lot of it was, you know, it's the, I get to right now, you know, they didn't understand that it was a successful thing. It wasn't a, you know, you can't hit, so you have to bunt type thing. And I think that's, that was the culture that was there before. So, okay, how can we change that vision of, Hey man, you're O for O, <laughs> like, you know, you get a bunt and you're O for O, you know, mm-hmm. or you know what, even if you, you get on base, great. Or, you know what, you drag bunt, you move that third baseman in next time you slap it by him. Cause he's two feet shorter than he was before, you know, so you're opening up holes. So it was just explaining that kind of full philosophy to them that, um, you know, that we had to do. And we'd spend a lot of time on it, uh, whether it be on the field or in the classroom, you know, and the more that they've done it, the, the better they've gotten. And like I said, they're, they're buying in pretty good. I mean, they're, they're a lot better this fall than they were in the spring. That's for sure. Sure. And you could definitely get some head spinning too. Did you feel, cause you get some North, you know, your Northeast background, mm-hmm. you know, spend time. Do you feel that, I mean, a lot of, I mean, I guess depending on the Northeast ball that you do play, but did you feel like it was, so much different West coast baseball than it was in kind of an, what you see somewhat in the Northeast. Um, for me, no. Um, you know, cause we played it at the sale. We played it at Southern Lehigh high school where I went. Uh, it was very similar. Um, you know, so I grew up in that, in the environment, you know, obviously being with my dad and, and his program growing up. Yeah. Uh, so I, I saw it. Um, and I was fortunate enough to play for uh, Dick Ludy, who was the Boyertown American Legion head coach for a long, long time in the 80s, won like 48 and 62 consecutive games in a row at different parts of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know, and, and they just bunt and bunt and bunt and bunt and bunt. And, you know, he obviously put that in the R system at the sales uh, when he was there, too. And, you know, I remember him always saying there's no easy bunts. And it's true. You know, even that ball back to the pitcher, how many times that guy pick it up and throw it away? You know, so it's again creating havoc, creating pressure. Um, you know, I, now that was I, I don't want to say over the top, but it might have been over the top than what most people are used to. I get that. Um, you know, and I get again play for the big inning. I'm not I'm not against playing for the beginning and just sitting back and hitting doubles and triples, but you gotta know your clientele and be able to do that, you know. And it didn't matter to sales. I mean, we you know, we won four league championships, we're in four regionals and played in the college world series, and you know whether you were the third hitter and first and second leadoff hitter, second guy got on first game, first inning, bottom over. Like it didn't matter whether you were one, three, nine, you know, anywhere in between you were going to do it. And I think that's, you know, the buy-in of the system because we knew it worked, you know, so the more we can kind of get our guys to buy in and, or anybody to buy in at this point, you know, is, is going to be successful for you moving forward. So, you know, again, I, I wouldn't say it's much different just because I'm used to it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I do know there's a lot of high schools that never did it. And that's okay. You know, and that's, that's the, the cool part about your different coaching philosophies. And, you know, what are you going to be – what are you going to buy into and what are you going to get your guys to believe in to make the program successful? You know, and there's no there's no wrong answer. You know, there, there's really not. It's just, okay, do they agree and will they do it? You know, and if they don't, okay, how can we make them do it? And if you still don't, well, then we got to, you know, go back to the woodshed and find something else. Mm-hmm. So 
I, another question I just I'm curious about because just getting your take on this is because you you know well, you've been you're involved in the academy now and, and get the youth level. At what point do you feel like they should be bunting, you know, and should be kind of thinking about this kind of system, you know, like yeah. due to the fact of they're still trying to. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you, you know, I'm just interested yeah, yeah. in understanding this that conversation, you know, because right now you, you, you could, you could see arguments on both sides, and I agree. Like it, yeah. you just have to, it's all based on your clientele. Like I knew, like there were days, there mm-hmm. were like look back now, like I definitely should have bunted more with one out because of what we yeah. just the clientele that we did have. But I'm like, yeah. I just, did, you know, like it was just like it, I wasn't going to hang my hat on it, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't, you know, I just wasn't. Yeah. But I knew looking back on it now, I probably could have got us in a better place. And because, right. yeah, like it's tougher, but um, that's just me. So just want to get your take on that being, you know, a, a real loving the bunt and loving the West Coast offense. When mm-hmm. should that start from like a youth level? You know, so <clears throat> I, when, when we had the, the Florida Surge program, I mean, they were 12 years old. We, we put it in there. Um, and there were some good players. You know, and, and I think it's always good to introduce and try to put it in, whether, you know, whether you like it or not, it's a system that you can put in that if you need it, it's there. It's a weapon in your holster. It's another bullet in your chamber. However you want to talk about it, that, you know, it, it gives you options, you know, I'm not saying you have to. And there was days, I mean, again, we, you know, there was one point at, at we were 12 years old and I think we had, it was like 88 hits and we had 40 home runs because it was either a home run or a pop-up. Like it was just, I had bigger guys that, you know, were older for 12 U that were still there and, you know, and, you know, playing on 200 foot fences with the trampoline bats, it was, it was a joke, you know, but um, knowing that they had that weapon, if they ran into that buzzsaw to try something different is huge, you know, and I think that's where uh, it's tough sometimes is they don't, um, you know, they don't, uh, have the weapon and then when the weapon's not there then you're then it's hitting the panic button right well okay hey you know i'm i'm over two and this guy's carving me up you know we really need to do something here okay let's try it let's go you know and those are those are some good things so i think you know it, it's always good to start introducing it again what level it's going to de- you know depend on what your system may be um but the more that you can uh you know give them weapons to be successful is huge you know whether that's 10 12 14, you know, um, 30, you know, whatever it may be, it's, it's a huge thing to be able to have them be confident in their abilities, you know, and knowing that, Hey, if he calls on me to do it, I can do it. And I think that's, that's the, you know, the missing piece sometimes is giving them confidence, you know, and the more confidence they can have, whatever, what would, you know, be doing, whether that's getting on the mound and throwing a different pitch, um, you know, whether that's, Bunning, whether that's taking this base, you know, I don't, I don't care if you're the slowest guy on the team, you're going to steal bases. I'm going to teach you how to steal bases, you know? Yeah. I might not send you when, <laughs> you know, a game's on the line, you might not be the guy going, but we're going to, we're going to go, we're going to push, you know, and, and make them again, be, have that, have that, that weapon and that extra bullet to use, you know? Sure. I, I like, uh, I like it. I like it. Because of the fact of, I mean, it's just real, you know, like it's, it's, you know, my son's 60 pounds, 11, you playing on a really, really good team. And, and he might need to incorporate that in his game when that mm-hmm. other people might not, or like part of them, um, you know, at the same time, other guys just might not. 
you know, and depending on your level, we're going to be able to hit a bunch. You might not need to implement it. Um, or just let's say not as much, but like you, like you said, having it available uh, when you need it uh, is, is pretty valuable for sure. I always like to say, like, I love my teams to be able to do what the game calls for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just to be able to do what the game calls for. And like you said, if the game's going to call for us to put a bunt down, then we need to be able to put a bunt down. Right. Love it, buddy. Love it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, Manatee High School. So, when you're still trying to – you're still rebranding, um, what's been, like – I guess as you're as you're moving forward, like what's been one of the biggest challenges that you've had so far, just with rebranding and, and going moving forward, and what you're trying to do within the program? Um, I would say there's been a ton of challenges. I think it's just, you know, I think they were ready for something new. Um, you know, and I, I like the old staff, the old regime. I thought they did a good job, um, but. You know, I think the kids are just looking for something new. They're looking for a new, a new energy, a new feel. You know, and, and and you know, I mean, sometimes things get they get stagnant. You know, and it's you got to try to make those things successful and make people have a little bit more fun doing what they were doing. And you know, I think for us coming in and you know the background of, of me and my staff, you know, which doesn't mean anything to us, but you know, to some of these players and parents to have you know, to be able to read those, those bios is, it's kind of cool for them. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter to real baseball guys, but to have something different in the levels that we've been at is cool, you know, and, and now it's okay. Hey, there's instant credibility, right. And there's instant, um, instant energy of, Hey, this is going to be different. This is going to be an elevated program. And, you know, there's just going to be some things that we didn't have, um, you know, and, and it, again, it starts with something simple as the logo, something simple as how you communicate, you know, the signage in the locker room, you know, we, we basically gutted it and put everything back up. You know, we changed the nameplates, we changed everything. Um, and those, those little things, you know, you know, whether they help you win or not, doesn't matter, but seeing change, seeing a, a new direction, seeing, you know, an attitude that's, going to be conducive to winning, whether it's day one or five years from now. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, getting them excited is, is that was the biggest challenge, you know, and I think we did that. I think we came in and, you know, we didn't throw haymakers. We weren't demanding that this is going to be how it is. It's not going to be X, Y, Z and, or you're gone. Um, but we added the excitement factor to it. You know, and then the rest of it kind of falls in place because if they're excited about their new gear, <laughs> you know, and and kids like gear and swag or whatever you want to call it, like, you know, the more we can fundraise and the more we can do and, you know, put up new windscreen and put up new signs in the outfield and, you know, get more people at games and get a new announcer and, you know, again, just build some excitement to it, then people come and people stay and people buy in. And I think, you know, looking back, that wasn't the challenge, but it could have been. You know, it could have went the other way pretty quick if they didn't buy into this, those sort of things. Um, 
but you know it's it's a great place Manti is a great place the the history here is unbelievable um and really it's the biggest reason i took the job was knowing that the history and how ingrained you know the you know west side of bradenton is about manatee athletics whether it's football basketball baseball i mean it's it's an unbelievable place football has been you know it's the most winningest program in the state of florida in its history um you know it was manatee football so knowing that it can be done there and knowing that the success they had here in the past, you know, the, the future can be very bright for sure. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Muted. I said, it sounds like, it sounds like you've been a busy guy. It's, it's been a whirlwind of a, of a year for sure. Um, but a good thing, you know, in a, in a good way, you know, and again, the support's been there. We have a, our booster club is very, very um, active in, in helping me fundraise and do things. And, you know, we sold 50 fence banners last year. Um, you know, we raised a ton of money and, you know, new screens, like I said, and all those signage and new T-shirts and, you know, just all that stuff that builds builds a foundation for a program, not just a, a team that comes out for three months. Mm-hmm. Mm. Getting guys excited through all your facility upgrades, you know, bringing in the baseball knowledge, you know, the competency. Um, pitching is so important too. Like I'm just kind of wrapping things up here. I know we've been on here a little around, so I'm just no, just kind of thinking, uh, you know, because pitching is so important. And like we've kind of talked about this earlier, kind of with having a plan for the year of like when to shut down. So I'm mm-hmm. sure that that's probably been had. So how are you? You know, what kind of pitching i guess philosophy and and that you're kind of incorporating because like it's that's such a big part of a program like how are you what are you incorporating there because you kind of talk about your west coast offense so pitching wise how are you kind of developing that program yeah it's um it's kind of an ongoing process with with our pitching staff because we really don't have any pitcher only type guys so you're running into two right two ends of the spectrum where okay you know, last year I had one pitcher only who's at East Georgia now. Um, you know, his plan was a little bit different, you know, uh, than our than our number one who actually is a center fielder pitcher, you know. So I think for me that's still something I'm trying to massage. Um, you know, we – but, you know, West Coast style, it's the same thing on the mound. I mean, we want to throw pitches every 10 to 12 seconds. You know, we want to attack the zone. We want to get hitters out within the first three pitches they see. Um, you know, make them make contact and put the ball in play and let's play defense. Um, you know, those are kind of that wet, that West coast style. And then, you know, the faster we can speed guys up, you know, and slower, we can slow them down on, on offense, then, you know, it, we're going to win the game. Hopefully, you know, there's no clock obviously in baseball, but you know, the, if you can control, if you can, if you can be on offense more than the other team is, you got a good chance to win. You know, so, you know, again, pitching wise, defense wise, it's, you know, it's, it's an aggressive blue collar mentality. Like here it is, here's my stuff. I don't care if it's 70 or 90, come get it, you know, and, and go get them. Um, obviously fairly highly fastball dominant type of staff, um, but very, very detailed on location and command and those sort of things. So, you know, we chart and we put in high pressure bullpens every time, you know, whether it's today we charted bullpens next week when we do it, they'll be in situations where they get one pitch to get you out behind an account. And if you don't, something's going to happen, um, you know, and try to make them uncomfortable where, 
you know, they're out there and, and they got to figure it out. Um, you know, we had a tournament on our field this weekend. So our bullpen mounds, which are usually very nice, um, looked like a earthquake went through them. <laughs> and, you know, our, our pitching guys like, Hey, let's just, let's not throw them. Like, no, I'll put them on there. Who cares? You know, they're a little muddy. They were a little bumpy, like go get them. You know what? Because we're going to play on fields that they look like that, you know? So again, put them in those, in those situations to be uncomfortable and say, figure it out and go get it. And, you know, create your own toughness sometimes. Um, you know, we do a lot of location stuff and whether it's, you know, the nine box targets or whether it's the wall stuff on the wall, or we do, you know, the, the string across home plate, you know, whatever it may be, but again, putting them in a situations where, Hey, you don't get it in. All right. There's going to be a consequence, you know, and just make them, make them hate losing, make them hate, being unsuccessful so they come out and they don't let anybody else beat them cool man high pressure bullpens you said one pitch to get somebody out so basically they, they got to come in basically execute a pitch yep. and then they got to roll is there is yep. something that didn't happen right that's the objective yep. yep pretty much so okay hey you know what it's a full count the dude on the mound has zero has no breaking ball but my best breaking ball guy's in the pen all right you get one pitcher throwing a breaking ball here get him out <laughs> or we lose you know and and put that type of situation on. So we don't do that very often, but, you know, there may be a situation where, you know, in an inter-squad game, we'll do it. And, you know, bases loaded, two outs, full count. All right, well, this guy's a dead fastball hitter. You have nothing but a fastball. You haven't thrown anything but a strike for a fastball all day. So, all right, new guy, throw, throw him a breaking ball. Go get him, you know, or, or vice versa, whatever it may be. But, you know, it's, again, trying to put them in, in situations to compete and be successful. And if they fail, they hate losing, you know, and to try to create that hate losing environment, it's, it's challenging sometimes, um, you know, especially with the the day and age we're in with, you know, some of the travel stuff and show up and play. And if you lose, all right, we'll go home, <laughs> you know, and, you know, there's, there's some solid travel programs out there, you know, Knights, US Elite, Scorps, you know, Elite Squad, you know, Five Star, Kings, all those guys that do it the right way, Arsenal, but there's some that aren't, you know, and if, if you're not in, a, in one of those programs, it's it's tough to keep that mindset going sometimes. So 100%. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, it's 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 definitely something that you have to. But like you said, it, I think it even goes to like what you said earlier was, you know, you trying to change the culture of like we're, we're going to shut down and we're going to practice and we're going to develop because that's where also you develop that competitiveness. You know, like you can't just play 60, 80 games. <laughs> You know, and you're just you're just you're, you're just waiting for the next game. You know, right. and so that's that's also part of it as well. No, no doubt, no doubt. It's you know, it's it's the full full athlete development. You know that we try to really instill, whether that would be, you know, mentally the competitiveness, the you know the physical aspect of your body and speed, uh, yoga, those sort of things. I mean, give them things that they can get excited about. You know, at the end of the day, and if kids are excited to be there they're going to have fun. They're going to be successful because they're going to want to learn. You know, you make it miserable, you make everything a nightmare for them. You know, you're going to lose your guys pretty quick, especially on the high school side. You know. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So any, anything else you want to touch base about with, with the program stuff that you've learned, advice, just anything, man, you want to just roll, <laughs> man. It's been awesome, man. Just we're here over an hour. I mean, we're getting down to that. Jeez. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, advice for any new coaches out there is, you know, always be open, learn a lot, you know, and try to try to talk to guys and listen to podcasts or, you know, check out videos or, you know, go go shadow programs. That's one thing I know, you know, a lot of guys will do. 
Um, just try to take as much, as much as you can, you know, never, never stop. It's a lifelong learning game for sure. Um, you know, the person that says that they know it all or can't be taught, you know, needs, needs to stop. Um, and the more we can be, you know, together in all this, the, the better our sport's going to be. So certainly if anybody ever needs help on my end, please don't hesitate to reach out and, you know, would love to, uh, you know, help mentor more people, more young coaches, you know, grow through this game for sure. Cool. What's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can, you know, shoot me an email, just Nolan, N-O-L-A-N dot Nyman, N-E-I-M-A-N at gmail.com. That's the best way or, um, you know, that's easy. Nolan dot Nyman at gmail.com. It's N-E-I, right? N-E-I-M-A-N? Yep. yep, you got it. That's it. Very Fantastic. cool. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate it, man, and, and definitely anytime. And, you know, good talking and catching up and been a while. But uh, it has been you know, a while, love, love what you're doing. Love what you're doing with the podcast and, and just creating – you know, creating content for, you know, the future of this, of this sport and, and our profession, you know, the high school side is such a, is such a unique, but vital part of, of their careers and, you know, be able to push them forward and get them to uh, on to the next level. So I appreciate it. Coach Nyman, just killing it, man. Just a great, it's just great talking to him. It's been a while and it's great for us to be able to connect and uh, I just love hearing him just talk, building a program. Uh, for me, it just I just feel all those challenges of just starting a program and all the communication and how much energy you invest into so many little things, all the details, the classroom, the grades, making sure people are holding the line, your expectations, you're holding accountable, how we're going to talk, what the nameplates look like, what does the, the stickers on the helmet look like, Oh, man, just a, a ton of different things and how you just need to rebrand it. Like you said, you're rebranding, you're, you're making it your own, you're, you're, you are creating and building something that's special for the kids to hold on to, something that's special that you're going to help grow and create, help people become successful. And you hear that throughout the conversation from all the things that he's doing, which is really great. Um, all the detail-oriented stuff that he talks about, from the testing to showing people's success, from kids getting suspended and holding them accountable for the standards, which really comes down to is just don't do anything to embarrass the team. Going into the community, holding literally clinics, going into the games... Their offensive system. We're going to put the offensive system in. Here's what we want to do. Creating more uncomfortable situations within a pitcher, pitcher's bullpens and getting them invested into the program. So it's really, really great stuff, and it's really great to talk to him and really great to see that you know he's, he's trying to make an impact and, and has chosen Manatee and, and to lead their guys and and I'm sure they'll be successful. So, Coach Nyman, man, just can't thank you enough. It was great stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Keep getting better, man. I just I thank you for keeping us here. Here we are, hour and 15 minutes. And we keep rock and rolling. If you have uh, another guy that you feel, another person, I should say, because we've had great females uh, come on. and People that are, which give us a chance to want to learn and keep going the game. 
feel free to reach out to me at Coach3Cobb or TracyCobb at Gmail. Again, if you did not catch Coach Nyman's <clears throat> email, it's nolan.neiman at gmail.com. Be a great contact in case you want to reach out to him to furthermore. So, as like I said, what I said before, and you've heard it here many times, baseball guys are the best with being able to share and love talking baseball. That's what this is all about. So, feel free to share, we'll reach out. Until next time, keep getting better.